Um, and we're only in part two, amen. Uh, I don't know how many parts we're going to have. I'm not going to uh, be in this subject long, but I do want to get allow us to get all that we need to get out of it, amen. amen. So, um, if you have your Bibles, let's go to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, I'll be in the NIV version. Now, um, last week we started this series, um, The Clapback. And we gave everybody some uh, understanding and some wisdom uh, of this slang word, uh, urban word, uh, that's used in our vocabulary to describe uh, what we would call talking about someone coming back, uh, a little bit of, uh, you know, what do you call it, sarcasm and, uh, and shade and all those other various things. So let me give you another a quick definition from last week so you can understand where we're coming from. Clapback is basically a comeback most likely pumped with attitude, sass, and or shade. So you clap back. So we, we learned that last week. We saw some illustrations of that last week. When somebody comes at you with something, they say something, you gotta say something back, amen? Yeah. And, the, and the key is, is that in this clap back, you wanna get the last say so. Um, you wanna shut it down where you know that individual can't even clap back at you. And so the purpose and what we're gonna do and how we're going to teach this according to the word of God, is that when we use the word of God, he is and it is the final say-so. So whatever people, uh, things, uh, the enemy is trying to discourage you in, we have to begin to clap back against those words with the word of God so that we can continue to maintain our progress, our purpose, our destiny, our passions, our dreams, everything that the enemy's coming after because, wow, we learned according to John 10 and 10, what? He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his assignment, Amen. That's what his agenda is. But the latter part of that verse, there is a three-letter word that begins to now uh, uh, eliminate and to begin to now discredit that first part. He says, but God, Jesus, has come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. So I want us to understand that we have an authority that we have to walk in as believers to be able to stand against the wiles of the enemy with the word of God. The word of God is our weapon against the enemy. God responds to his word. He adheres to his word. It's important that we have knowledge and understanding of his word. This is why we're in the fellowship on Sundays and in Bible study. We should be in a position to become equipped more and more with the knowledge and the revelation and the understanding of what the word God means to us and how to apply it effectively. Amen. Amen. There's no need for you to have a weapon and you don't know how to use it. They teach you in the military. They don't just give you a weapon and tell you to shoot based on what you've seen on the video game. The video game does not prepare you how to actually shoot a real gun. And see, this is what happens in the world now because we got these young people who are just shooting at random because they have a trigger on a video game and they think that this is how this actual gun works and this is why we have innocent people who are destroyed and lose their lives because they don't have any training on how to use a weapon. When we lose a 17-year-old girl that's just getting off the bus from school in Chicago and she loses her life senselessly yes. wow. 
Because someone decides to shoot in a crowd or someone decides to be shooting at someone and that bullet hits someone that was not even intended, not no, no, not even a target in any type of way. So when you have a weapon, you have to be trained in it. And when you're trained in that weapon, it's going to bring you to the, to the position to you should gain the wisdom and understanding how to master your weapon. In the military, they want you to master your weapon. Is that correct, Deacon Jerry? Is that correct, uh, Brother Rich? They want you to master your weapon. These are military vets. They've been in the military. They want you to master that because you should be able to uh, uh, take apart your weapon and put it back together in your sleep. Because what happens when you're out in warfare, you can be in places where you actually do not have vision, where you can see. You can be in such dark places that you don't have the ability to see what you're doing, but because you've done it so much in light, oh my God, because you've done it so much on a regular basis, when you had, when you had your vision clear, your perception clear, now when your vision is blocked or there's some darkness around you, it's become second nature, and now you can begin to put together, take apart, and put this thing back together and use it effectively in a dark place, because why? I've allowed this thing to master. I've mastered it. And I've trained effectively in it so that I can use it to the best of my ability. So this is the reason why we have to understand our position to clap back against the enemy. We cannot stand. Come on. Let's get this back down. I know you is unmuting these TVs. We'll let them un let them do what they do. Yes. Fast. Amen. 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 We don't want that feedback. He is unmuting the television, but they shouldn't touch those remotes. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Just a little small technical difficulty, that's all. That's it. Praise the Lord. You see it? Look at God. Come on, brother. Right. Praise the Lord. I think they're just automatically doing it because I don't think nobody's. You can't hit that thing from back then and unmute it. So I can't. We bind up the spirit of unmuting on the TVs in Jesus' name. <laughs> so listen, so so clap back. So we have to understand this. And I want us to see today um, how Jesus clapped back. And you say, well, how, how did he clap back? He used the word of God. And we're going to see it here in Matthew 4, a very familiar passage of scripture. But today we're going to break down some things. And I'm not going to be before you long. We're going to get this word. We're going to have to hit a few books today, um, hit a few scriptures today. So just follow with me. We're not going to read a lot of scriptures, but we're going to hit a few books just so you get a full understanding of where we're going today and how important it is to clap back against the enemy. Y'all ready? Yes. So let's go to Matthew chapter 4. And uh, I'm in the NIV. Let's start reading that verse 1. Is that all right? Yes. It says, then, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, 
Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I just got another revelation reading that and I didn't even see that before. God is so good. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Verse 10, Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended to him. Oh, God. This thing is going to bless you today. And I, let's, let's, let's go back up to verse 1. And now let's break this thing down. So that we can understand Jesus' effective clapback. See, you don't want to just clap back and not be effective. See, a lot of people can clap back and it don't make no sense. A lot of people can clap back and they be all off. And they, it has nothing to do with the subject that they were initially talking about. And they clap back and they say something real quick and real fast and it didn't even match. It didn't even go against it. It don't even work out. It, it, it doesn't even sound right. What are you talking about? You didn't clap back against the thing you were arguing about. What are you saying? Jesus is effective in his clapback because he uses the word of God. And I want you to understand something, notice something, that the devil knows the word too. So if you're going to be in this thing, you have to be equipped because if you, if you don't believe and know that the devil knows the word, how much more should we know it if he knows it? And he doesn't have any new tricks. He ain't got nothing new. There's nothing new under the sun. He's using the same old foolishness to try to lead us and pull us into temptation. And here he tried to use the same tricks and the same traps as he has always done here with Jesus. Because now Jesus is in the flesh. He's in the earth realm. But I want you to understand something. He had just become baptized under John the Baptist. Come on. And the Holy Spirit had come upon him. And notice now when we reach chapter 4 at verse 1, it says that now then Jesus was led by who? The Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. Now I want you to understand something about the wilderness. Everyone has a wilderness to go through. Now you may not believe that you have had any wilderness experiences, but if you look over your life, there have been times because I want you to, I'm going to identify what the wilderness is and its purpose is. So wilderness has purpose in our life. And when you understand that wilderness has purpose, you can gain from what needs to be, what needs to happen in your life during your wilderness time. So as soon as Jesus is anointed, he is filled with the Holy Ghost. Now all of a sudden, you have to understand the Spirit of the Lord leads him into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Notice, you cannot resist the devil until you've been filled with God. See, a lot of us are clapping back without the filling of God and with the Holy Spirit because it's the Holy Spirit that's going to give us the power to resist the devil. Because the Bible says, submit yourself unto God. He said, then you'll be able to resist the devil and do what? He will flee from you. We're going to see it in the scripture. I'm going to try to slow down, but I'm telling you, this thing is blessing me already. So in order for us to find out the purpose of what we 
wilderness is, we have to go to Deuteronomy chapter 8. But before we go there, you can go there. But go to Deuteronomy chapter 8. I want to read this next verse. He said, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Now, <laughs> the enemy is always dealing in flesh. Come on. So he uses flesh to tempt Jesus because Jesus is in a fleshly moment. Any person who has ever fasted, and now I'm not talking about no three-day fast. I'm not talking about a 10-day fast. I'm not even talking about a 21-day fast. I'm talking about 40 days, 40 nights. Oh, I'm telling you, a dry piece of bread will look real good to you at that moment. You don't need no meat. You don't need no mustard. You don't need no mayonnaise. All you you see that dry. You can see the crust of the bread. And I'm telling you, you're ready to go in and eat it like it was a full-grown filet mignon. So because the enemy uses flesh, and he comes to try to now pull Jesus into the flesh, because you got to understand something. He is highly anointed in the spirit because he's been sacrificing and crucifying flesh. See, once you crucify flesh, spirit man is illuminated. Spirit man is increased. Spirit man is now elevated to a heightened level where now spirit man can now tell flesh to come subject. See, the reason why we don't have the ability to clap back against the enemy after we come off the fast because we didn't crucify flesh because we were in and out of the spirit, uh, in and out of the fast, and so now we weaken the spirit man so the spirit man can't crucify flesh and tell flesh, no, you're not going to have assignment of not having no pot. I just had to walk back. I said I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to allow you to pull me into my flesh after God has allowed my spirit man to be built up to resist that area of the enemy that tried to attack me and tried to deal with me. See I'm trying to help you because I don't know the purpose why God told me to stop drinking pop, but I know that there was a purpose for me and it was designed for me because there may have been something that may have been creeping down the line to attach itself to my body. So before it has the ability to attach it, God claps back on it and tells it, son, I need you to stop drinking this pop. And that's how you're going to resist that sickness that may try to rise up and come in your body. And let me help you. I, I spoke to the Hispanic lady this week. Oh, am I off kilter? Am I off the subject? But I just want to preach this thing and let me tell you. So I speak to the young lady on my block. She said her father is 84 years old and she said he never drank pop and he's on no medications. She said, now why are you having this conversation with me? Y'all listen to me. I didn't come in there telling her I haven't had pop since January 7th. She wanted to show me that she visited her father and he was doing well. They live in California. He's 83 years old and they were celebrating his wife's birthday, her mother's birthday. And so she began to tell me about her dad. She said, now what he does drink a lot of water. 
And she said, every now and then, Come on. he'll have a beer. Come on. Come on. I'm, trying, I'm trying to help somebody get free. I'm just telling you the conversation I had and how she was talking to me. Deep and all well, how did she listen to her talk about the real here? The apostle, she ain't got to know I'm the apostle. I'm here working doing chips. You got to come in there and do chips and tell somebody I'm the apostle to deliver flaming hot. She ain't that serious. I'm trying to help y'all get free today. Listen, because sometimes you won't get that information. I don't know what to say, what to do. Baby, just I'm just here to do these chips. Now, can't tell me about how he had no so I can understand why God's ministering to me not to have none. See, you have to have an ear to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say. He can use anybody if you're in tune to the Spirit. So listen, let me go back to the Scripture because y'all getting too excited and I want to stay on course. So now he tells him he's coming in the flesh because he says, do you see these stones? Turn them I want you to understand it. Can I read the scripture? Because I don't want you to miss nothing. Come on. Because y'all miss this when you when you're studying, you read at home, you miss this. Because I want you to see what he does. The tempter came to him and he said, Listen, he said, so there's conversation going on. There's clap back, clap back. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. There's interaction. So you have to engage with the enemy. Yes. Don't let him just bring you some stuff and talk to you any kind of way and you don't respond. Don't forget we're going to Deuteronomy He said the tempter came to him and said If you are, notice he's trying to place doubt In Jesus' mind Because if he can put doubt in him He can remove him from his place of authority And to get him to a place of fear And God has not given us a spirit of fear But of power, love, and of a sound mind So he says If you are the son of God Tell these stones to become bread I want you to understand something. The enemy thinks that you're concerned about your flesh. Yeah. Just because you've been on a 40-day fast. Yeah. He thinks that your main agenda is to eat. Yeah. But see, when you have consecrated yourself and you've dedicated your spirit man to the yeah. things of God, yeah. that doesn't even phase you. Amen. That's not something that you're looking for at that moment. Come but on. because he deals in flesh and he knows you've been fasting, he thinks that that's the thing that you're desiring right now. Amen. So he says, if you are the son of God, yeah. I want you to see this. What does he say? Yeah. Tell. Tell. Y'all missing the words. Help me, prophets. Tell these stones. How do you tell stones? Because words have life. Words have power. I don't want y'all to miss this. He said the enemy knows the power of words. So he says, tell these stones to become bread. If he knows the power of words, why don't we use the words against the enemy? Because there is life and death in the power of the tongue. And he said, what you speak, you're going to eat the fruit thereof. He said, so a man thinketh, so is he. So I need to change my word association and get my word in line with his word so that his word will dominate and clap back against the enemy where he has no foothold in my life. Listen, oh my God. He said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. But I love this because Jesus said, I ain't even got to speak that. All I can do is tell you what is written. Jesus, come on, come on, Pastor. He said, 
what is written is what God is saying. Uh-huh. See, if you don't know what is written, you won't know what to say. I'm trying to help y'all clap back against the enemy. If you don't know what is written, you won't know what to say. See, you don't have time to go and Google what to say. You don't have time to call your prayer partner and say, can you give me that scripture of uh, in Isaiah 1 and 19? If I obey, oh, what? If, what is, if, if I be willing, what? What is it? If, be willing, if I be willing, Isaiah 1 and 19, hey, you don't have time. You need to have some things stored up on the inside because the Holy Ghost will bring things back to your remembrance. So Isaiah 1 and 19 said, if I be willing and obedient, I will eat the good of the land. Oh my God. So now I have to now release the word so the word can now defeat the enemy that's trying to get me into disobedience. I've already willingly submitted, so disobedience is not my portion. I am going to eat the good of the land. Not the leftovers, not the crumbs. He said, I'm going to give you the best, baby. Understand why Jesus is talking like he's talking. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8. And then we're coming back to Matthew. We're going to look back and forth. Deuteronomy 8. Oh, Jesus. Is this good, Mother Jackie? Excellent. Amen. I'm just trying to get a witness in the building. Amen. So listen. Oh, my God. So now. The Bible says that Jesus was tempted with all manner of sin, but did not sin. He was tempted with all manner of sin, but did not sin. When you see the fullness of chapter 4 and verses 1 through 11, you see 1 John chapter 2 where the enemy's coming at him with the lust of the eye, the pride of life, lust of the flesh. He's coming at him with these are the things he's tempting him with. He said these are the things that the devil tempts you with. We're going to read that scripture too in first, I mean in second John, I mean first John chapter two. But I want you to see the purpose of your wilderness and how he was dealing with the children of Israel here in Deuteronomy. Because he told him, he said, I had purpose for this wilderness experience. So the spirit led Jesus into the wilderness because the spirit searches the heart of man. Yes. Now, Jesus, I want you to understand me, Jesus is all God in heaven. He's all God in heaven. He's all God in the earth. But in the earth, he comes in flesh. So now in flesh, he got to deal with fleshly carnal issues that happen here in the earth. Because now he's put on a flesh suit. And he's now in a position where he has to deal with fleshly issues like we deal with. This is why the enemy's coming to tempt him. What makes you think? Why would he tempt him if he don't think he can fall? He wasn't tempting Jesus in heaven. He couldn't tempt him until he came down into earth in the flesh. Because in the flesh is where the fight is at. In this flesh realm, in this earthly realm. This is why we're in constant warfare. Because the enemy is trying to get us into a fleshly state to now remove ourselves from God's spiritual mindset. Because the Bible says to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. 
Oh, God. Come on, come on. I need y'all to follow this. Deuteronomy 8. Purpose of the wilderness. I'm going to start reading verse 1. Deuteronomy 8, NIV. He said, be careful to follow every command I'm giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord promised on an oath to your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years? To do what? To do what? To humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. Y'all missing this whole purpose here? I'm trying to teach y'all and y'all not shouting right now because this is really the good part. He said that the wilderness assignment was to humble you and to test you and see where your heart was. So now the spirit brings Jesus into the wilderness. He wants to find out because if he's been anointed, is he going to get about thinking about he's all that and it's all about him? Or is he going to keep his focus and knowing that God is still his father and he yet has to obey him as his son and he yet has to submit to the authority in heaven, which is his father? Or is he going to get so big as mama used to say, grandma used to say, boy, you're getting too big for your britches. Grandma Brown from Brookhaven, Mississippi. And all those summers I would go down there. And when she would see us and you know, you do something out of order, she said, Boy, you're getting too big for your britches. Now, for those of you all who are, you know, a millennium, under the age of 35, you don't understand what too big for your britches are. You don't even know what britches are. Britches are pants. I educated. Uh, 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 I educated the the the, the, senior, the season season saints last week, and this week I'm going to educate the millennials. Oh, you know, you know, you get too big for your britches. Yeah. Meaning that you, you know, you're thinking you more than you are at this stage of your life, yeah. and you think you know more than at this age or stage of your life, and you think that you can handle this stage better than what I can handle, and I've lived longer than you. Yeah. Boy, you're getting too big for your britches. So in other words, you need to humble yourself, lower yourself, and get to a place and understand, listen, it ain't about all that. You need to take your time, live your life, and watch how life begins to come at you. Amen? Amen. So he said the wilderness has purpose to humble, and it come to try your heart. Now, what was the person to, 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 well, to find out what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands? Wow. You mean to tell me it took them 40 years? To get that out of their heart? Because we saw how they responded. We saw the things they did to Moses. We saw how their heart was. So it took 40 years. And so you're going to ask yourself now, you may not have a consecutive 40 years of wilderness, but there are phases and times in our life where wilderness comes in order to humble and to see what's in your heart. And so you may say, well, I don't have any pride. Well, if you don't want to ask for help, that is a form of pride. Oh, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. God has humbled me many a times in many different areas as I look back over my life and the things I had to endure and go through that you have to understand that I had to humble myself. And you have to be in a position to allow God to do that if you're open to what God is, is, is going to use you for and you're really serious about your walk with God. So wilderness has purpose. So when you identify the purpose of the wilderness, it makes it gives you the ability to be able to go through it with the Bible says that I should count things, count it all joy. Not to thank God and count joy because of the situation, but count it all joy. 
that I've come through and I'm going through these trials and tribulations because God is going to reward me if I stand and be able to overcome it. So now, So verse 3 says, he humbled you, causing you to hunger. Wow. That's good. So you thought you was going to be able to feed yourself? Mm. He said, so he made you hungry enough where what you did wouldn't supply you. Y'all missing this. He made you hungry enough where what you were doing wasn't enough. So he said, he humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known to teach you that man does not live by on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. So when God says he's going to feed you, he'll feed you. When God says he's going to make you hungry, you better weigh out because you're going to be hungry. If God says he's going to bless you, he's going to bless you. Why? Because his word is true. If God spoke it and he said it, he's going to make good on it. He is not the son of man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. If he spoke it, he's going to make good on it. That's his word. Give me
Here we go with it. If you are the son of God, uh -huh. he said, throw yourself down for it is written. Yes. What? Did the devil just say it is written? Yes. Yes. Did he not just say it is written? Yes. So if you don't know the word, you will think what he said may not or may be written. And you don't know what he's telling you. So how are you going to clap back at him? Oh, y'all listen. The enemy said it is written. So notice how he changed his strategy. He came with the same strategy that Jesus came to clap back at him with. He said, oh, you're not going to turn these stones to bread. And so now the devil takes his words and says, but it is written. See, the devil is very cunning. So if he can sound like you, he can deceive you. See, that's his tactic. He comes to look like God in the image of God. Because you got to remember, he's a fallen angel and he's been in God's presence, so he knows how God acts. Y'all missing this. He knows God's characteristics because he was in heaven worshiping God. See, the angels know God, know his, know his works, know his attributes, know how he loves. And so the enemy is a fallen angel, so he knows how God's heart is. He knows how God responds to things. So he says, oh, it is written. He's trying to trick you up. But if you know the word, you'll know that it's a trap. He's trying to set you up. Listen, what he said. We're almost there. He said, for it is written. <laughs> We got a lot of nerve. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. And they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Now I'm going to blow your mind. Go to Psalms 91. But let me blow your mind with what the Holy Spirit told me when I was reading it just now. Didn't I just say he was a fallen angel? Before he failed. He knew that's what his assignment was, yeah. to catch those who fall. Yeah. So he said that angels will catch you if you jump off because he used to be an angel. Oh, listen this. Can you get the revelation with me? Read the scripture. He commanded his angels concerning you because he used to be an angel. He know what angels do. See, let me help you. I know y'all, I'm going to bring you 21st century you understand. I know you've been saved 25 years. But you know the smell of some good vodka versus some 7-Up. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Oh, we have same coloration. But there's a smell that comes out of when you open that bottle of vodka as compared to the 7-Up. Oh, I think I got some witnesses in the back. I want the back row. It's a blessing. It's anointing. I appreciate you for being real in the house of the Lord. God bless you. I ain't calling no name. It's anointed and appointed. Listen, there's a smell ah, that that Chirac gives off. That that Seagram's ginger ale does not. Oh, I think I found a sanctified house now. So, listen, except for it is written, because y'all trying to, you know. I don't care how saved you get, you still remember when. How it used to go. You know what how it used to be. Because that thing was a part of you at some point in your life. Just because it's been some years don't mean you've forgotten. Oh, I don't need no help in here. That's why you have to be strong to resist the devil. Because he can bring the smell of Shabbat right up on your road. And it'll take you back if you're not saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. You said. I smell, I smell so surround. 
Jesus, you brother Harry. No offense, brother Harry. We just with you. You was just right there, and I was just using that. I said, that "Ain't you, brother Harry?" Oh, he drinking Seven Up and Kool Aid. Oh, listen. Come on, y'all. I gotta preach this and go home. Now, you think he don't know where? What he just quoted the Psalm 91. Go to Psalm 91 because I want you to see that this is what he said. Because you don't believe it. Go to Psalm 91, verse 11 and 12. Tell me what it say. We're going to go there. It's on the screen? Listen to what he told us. How, how does he know what the angels will do? Because I told you he was an angel. He said, for he will command his angel. He was under God's authority and he knew his assignment as an angel. So he knows this what he used to be, so he's familiar with it. So he tells the enemy about it. He tells Jesus about it in his combat. He said, well, he commanded his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. Keep it up. Next verse will. He said, they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. So the angel will keep you from falling. The angels will rescue you. So he told me, he said, well, jump off. Jump off, you bad. You know, that's what your mama used to say. Say something, you bad. Yeah. When she got that belt in her hand. Say something, you bad. Yeah. Go ahead, you bad, say something. Oh, I, say something. Say, say, say something. And you be saying, quit her in. I ain't got nothing to say, mama. You change your whole attitude real fast. But here, he understood what the angel would do. Now I love this because we get ready to close this thing out. Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus clapped back again. He said, Jesus answered him. Once again, it is also written. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. So Jesus said, I know the angels can come and rescue me, but I'm not going to test God because you commanded me. See, you have to be careful who you obey. See, when people don't have the right motive or the right heart or the right intent or the right agenda and they're trying to tell you to do some things that they're not lining with your spirit and you find yourself falling in the trap and you say, well, oh, I messed up because I messed up the wrong one. Can I back that thing up and tell you about my life? Real fast, real quick, just a sidebar, just to help you understand the fullness of when you don't listen to somebody that has, don't have your best intentions at heart and they try to pull you in because they're being used of the enemy at that moment. And you gotta know how to say no, that's your clapback. So I'm going back to college, you know, I, I told you I went to CSU, Chicago State University, Cougars all day. Listen. So one day I'm in school, and as I was in college, I worked all throughout college, and I was working at FedEx at the time. So I would wear my FedEx uniform, uniform on some school days when I had to, you know, hey, be straight to work, go to work after school. So my buddy, he sold drugs. But he wasn't no, you know, he wasn't like no big time flashy, you know, you know, this thing, this, but he sold drugs and you know he did his thing. He was serving. So one day, now he's serving, he ain't got no cop. He's serving, he ain't got no cop. I'm telling you, I'm just, I'm just trying to help you real hard. So I got a cop. And I'm at school, we in class. So he tells me, he said, Jonas man, he said, come on, man, um, let's go ahead and won't you, you know, you got the concept, let's go, you know, ride over here, do this and that, and I'll pay you for what they're going to pay you today at work. That's what he's telling me. So, first off, you, the enemy has to make it good 
in order for it to be a temptation. So you're not just gonna tell me we're gonna go hang out, we're gonna drive around, but then you add on, I'm gonna pay you what they was gonna pay you today so that you don't miss out on anything. I was studying criminal justice, but I'm not in a position to be a police officer. I'm just studying this subject and trying to get my degree in this. So I can't search and seize you. You're just my buddy. You're my homie. You're my friend. So we hang out. Whatever. I said, no. You think I'm going to not go to work for one day's a chunk change to hang out with you? And you ain't even all that? You ain't even came in and told me where the girls was at. And you talking about hanging out with you. I don't hang with dudes like that. Can I just be real with you? I'm talking about in college, in my 20s. Let's be real 100 today. I need chicks around me. I don't hang around a bunch of dudes. So you already off kilter. It's not going to work. I'm not going with you. So I said no because... I'm not gonna fall for this. I got one day with you can mess up everything. John, you better play the keyboard. Listen, and the word of the Lord says, let's get back. He said, verse 8. And we're gonna close this thing out. Again. This is the third attempt. He tried to get him. But I want you to see, this is the part right here that's going to bless you. And we're going to shout, we're going to leave down from here. Because when he came for this part of God, he said, no, this is it. The clap back here ends. Listen to that. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain. The enemy wants you to be high because he has a spirit of pride and loftiness. So he takes you to the high place because he has a lofty, arrogant spirit because he said, I want to be like the most high before he got cast out of heaven. So because he has a lofty spirit, he takes him up high. So he takes him to a place where he can look like the angels look. See, because angels flew. So he wanted to take him to the places where he was normally had been used to seeing because he was always in a high place. He would be up in the heavens and he would see high. He would sit high and look low. Oh, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. He's trying to get him into a materialistic mindset. He's trying to get him in the flesh. He said, all this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Oh, we're going to shut this thing down right here. Because now you're coming after something that belongs to my daddy. And I haven't forgot who my daddy is. I know you've been trying to get me in my flesh. I know you've been showing me this lust of the eye. I know you've been trying to get me to fall to your traps. He said, but right here, you're coming for my worship. He said, now when you start coming for my worship, we got a real other issue here. We have a real whole other problem here. And I need you to understand who I really represent. Because you really got it twisted right now to really think that I'm getting ready to bow down to you. Somebody that has been kicked out of heaven. Somebody that does not have any authority, any place. Don't listen to this. You can't submit. That's why you left. That's why you got kicked out. 
told her, she said, sitting on my couch, I said, girl, you just don't look good enough for me. You got to go. I'm being real. I ain't with no fine nobody. I'm like, I just told her, this high school, I'm stupid. I told her, I said, girl, you're not really my type. Can I see you out the door right now? Girl, you was not attractive. I told her. I said, go home. I'm sorry. I politely walked up to the door. Mature. Yeah. In that 19, 18, 20 year old range. I missed out on my 